Hello, my name's Christiana, and welcome to the Oceanside Community Church Podcast. We're a church in Parksville on Vancouver Island with a vision to be fully devoted children of God, fully mature in Jesus Christ, and fully alive with the Holy Spirit. We welcome you to join us weekly on this journey. For more information about our church, visit our website at oceansidecommunitychurch.ca or download our mobile app. We pray that you'll be blessed and equipped by today's teaching. This passage together. So Hebrews chapter 11, verses 32, and you'll have to excuse my fumbling. I'm going to flip the page here as we get on to uh, chapter 12, verse 2. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength, who had become powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that that they might gain a better resurrection." Some faced jeers and flogging, while others still were chained and put into prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, that only together with us would they be made perfect. Chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, you are the creator of creation, the author of our lives, both in creation and in faith. Our physical birth and our spiritual birth is because of you. And so we submit ourselves to you again this morning to receive from your word. Spirit, speak to our hearts. And we who have ears want to hear what you have to say. In your name, amen. You may be seated. Faith Is has been our series title, and each week we've been going through a unique story that this author describes through chapter 11 of his book. And so today I have titled my message, Faith Is What They Were Commended For. The author mentions these words they were commended for at the end of this passage, of this chapter, I should say. But he also mentions it at the beginning of the chapter. The ancients were commended for their faith. At the end of the school year this last year, uh, the the school that our boys go to uh, had a kind of like a graduation ceremony, kind of like an awards ceremony, but they intentionally do it very different because often in graduation ceremonies, they can be quite long and you get through the the graduation students' names but you don't get to hear anything about them. You just kind of hear their name and clap and say, good job on finishing graduation. Or there's awards nights where people get awarded for, it may be 
uh, high marks on their classes. It may be because of sports and ability. And so they give these awards to select students. The school that uh, our boys are in, it's a small Christian school. And so they have the freedom to take their time and actually uh, focus on every single student. And so their tradition is they have kind of like a graduation assembly at the end of the year. And each class stands up on stage. And the teacher stands off to the side. And they're all lined up at the front of the stage looking all cute. And throughout the year, what the teacher does is they look and observe at certain qualities and characteristics and virtues that they see out of the kids in their class. And so then they... Uh, write things down, and at the end of the year, they come up with two virtues or characteristics that they see in each of these kids, and so then they speak those virtues out over the kids at their assembly. That's how they finish off the year, a wonderful tradition, and I love that they did this. So every class from kindergarten to grade nine had each class step up, and, this, and the teachers would speak over their students, uh, and being the proud father that I, that I am, I want to share with you what the teachers spoke over Seth and Simeon. So as Seth was up there, his teacher said uh, that he recognized calmness in the classroom and his selfless in helping others. Loved that. With Simeon, his teacher had said that she saw integrity in his character and that he was patience, patient with others. And I thought, wonderful, that my kids are patient in caring and serving others. I was very happy as a proud father. And it was a really special time, both for the school that they would recognize every single child. It was special for the children that they would have this spoken over them. And it was special for the parents to hear and, and to receive that about their kids. And there's something about commending somebody for an act or a character or a virtue that they have. And that's very much like this chapter where the author is commending people for their faith. And it's kind of been like, like they've all stood up on stage here for the last couple of weeks. And the author is commending Abel and commending Enoch and commending Noah and Abraham about their faith. Commending for means to, to represent as being worthy of regard. So they're worthy of being noticed. They're worthy of being regarded for their faith. So I know we did a little recap in the video here, but I want to recap again the premise of our series, Faith Is. Again, beginning 11 weeks ago, we talked about how faith can be kind of confusing, right? Faith at times can be quite uncertain. It's hard to grab a hold of exactly what faith is. Because faith is more than a feeling, but yet it is full of emotion. So it's not just feelings, yet emotions are included in faith. It's personal. Faith is deeply personal. But we live out our faith in community. We live out our faith together with people. And so it's both personal yet communal. And there's biblical examples and teachings of faith. And pictures and, and symbolisms given to the word faith. And I think you remember some of them. Like, faith is described as a shield in battle for defense and protection to extinguish flaming arrows coming our way. But it's also described as a mustard seed in the amount in which we need to have faith to believe that God can do big things. A shield extinguishing flaming arrows and a mustard seed are very different, right? <laughs> faith is also a gift. It's given to everybody, every single person. 
Yet the Spirit gives faith to some as a spiritual gift to bring edification to the body. So it's a gift for all, but it's a gift for some. And so there's uniquenesses and nuances to the word faith and how we approach it. We talked about how James in his letter, he says a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. And Paul in his letter, he says a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. And so are they, are they at odds at one another? And we learn that they're not. They're not at odds with one another. Paul, when he talks about the law, it isn't by the law that we submit to anymore. It's through the grace and the glory and the goodness of Jesus, his death and resurrection, that in faith and faith alone, that we submit and we find new life. But what Paul and what James are saying is that we are justified by faith alone, just not by faith that is alone. True, genuine, biblical Christian faith isn't just the belief. It's the behavior and follow-through as well. Amen? The faith that isn't alone, it's supplemented, it's tag-teamed with, it's always together with action and love and care and response. So what is faith? Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's that, that humble confidence, that inner resolve on, a, on the dependability of a holy God. Right? Our faith is not rooted in our own feelings. It's rooted in the worthiness of the object and the worthiness of who God is. That is where our faith is rooted in. And so it's that humble assurance, that humble confidence inside of us on the dependability of a holy God. And so these men and women, Abel and Enoch and Noah, Abraham and Sarah, and then the generations of Abraham and Isaac, excuse me, Jacob, yeah, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, about the, the legacy passed on from Moses' parents down onto Moses and the courage that he received through them. We saw the faith in the Israelites as they exited out of Egypt and into the desert and then exiting the desert and into the promised land and the beautiful story of Rahab that we talked about last week. These men and women, they delighted the Lord with their faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. I both love and struggle with that statement. <laughs> without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay, good, that means i got to have faith. But man, there's sometimes it's difficult to have faith. <laughs> My emotions can go up and down. Anybody else there? And we see stories of, of men and women who their hope and their faith and their emotions and their actions went up and down, right? <laughs> I both love it and struggle with that statement. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So the virtue of faith, as, as I said, like the visual of them all standing up front at the end of the year, and their teacher speaks over them, these virtues, they, this author speaks faith over these men and women. They were commended for their faith. And this chapter list, it, it brings us to, we finished with Rahab last week, into the book of Joshua, and so you would think, okay, up next, Joshua, what a great leader. What a courageous leader. Oh, of course the author has to talk about Joshua. Courageous. Led an army into Canaan. The 
fulfillment of the promised land finally coming into place. This is going to be wonderful. So many leaders ahead, so many prophets, so many judges, so many kings that we can talk about. Oh, this is going to be wonderful. And the author says, and what more shall I say? And what more shall you say? <laughs> There's so much left to say. We just exited out of the Pentateuch. We just got out of the first five books. There is a lot of scripture in the Old Testament left over that we can go through. What more shall you say? And the author says, I do not have time to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel. Like, you don't have time to talk about these individuals? Tyler and I, we've been joking a couple of Sundays throughout this series of how the author kind of ends his chapter this way. Like, we're talking great warriors, great warriors like Gideon and Barak, and Samson, mighty warriors who did great things for the Lord. And the author doesn't have time? We talked about Rahab last week, a Canaanite. And the author doesn't have time to talk about King David? Or the prophet Samuel? Doesn't have time. Conquering kingdoms, administering justice, and gained what was promised. I think of like, what about stories like, like Elijah and Elisha? Oh, the stories of great faith that it would have taken to put water and water and water on these trenches and these barrels and ask the Lord to rain fire down onto the place. That takes great faith, right? I think I would have struggled with the amount of faith. I know it's only a mustard seed needed, but still. What about, oh, what about Nehemiah? And the return from exile and the state of Jerusalem and the walls. What about, what about Queen Esther? Oh, and the faith that it would have taken is needed to ask questions and to say, to stand up for her, her nation. Oh, what faith. The author goes on and says, Who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned into strength. Who's the author talking about? Daniel. I think of Daniel. What a great, what a great example of faith, Daniel. In a society when everyone was turning away from the Lord, commanding people to bow down and worship. And Daniel and his buddies, in faith, stand strong. Oh, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and the furnace. Talk about a story of faith. Because the faith that they had in their story, I love, I love it. They didn't have the faith that God would save them from being burned in the furnace. That wasn't their faith. Their faith was that God could save them. And if he chose to or not, he is still holy and he is still good. That was their faith. That was their inner resolve on the dependability of a holy God. Talk about a story of faith and the author doesn't have time for it. I think it's humorous. But here we are. Here we are at the end of this chapter, the end of this series, and the author intentionally, willingly chose to talk about the Pentateuch and the great faith giants in the first five books before the entrance into the promised land. 
And every story that we went through and, and every person in which that we looked into, there's some threads that work their way through each story. The thread of faith works through each story. That they were full of faith to their faithful God amidst shortcomings in their life. That was the other thread that worked its way through every story. There was shortcomings in every single story. Maybe excluding Abel and Enoch, there were shortcomings that took place in every single story. But when it came to God's call on their life, they said yes. Yes. Abraham said, yes, I will go to a land. And I don't know where that land is or where you're telling me to go, but I am just going to go. Oceanside, are you willing to say yes? Are you willing to say yes? Amidst your shortcomings and your life of faith, are you willing to say yes? Verse 39, it says, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us. Here the author is speaking of the promise of Christ. That God's ultimate promise of salvation through Jesus had not yet taken place for these individuals. That was to happen later. And so they didn't receive that full promise. Because God had something better planned for them. Christ's blood, his sacrifice speaks a better word. Amen? And so the author, he writes, since we are surrounded by this witness, since we're surrounded by all of these examples of great faith, he says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us Run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The perfecter of faith. Not the perfecter of life, right? These people were not perfect. I think every single one of them, if they stood up on this stage, they would say and raise their hands first and foremost, I'm not perfect. We don't have it all together. And that's not what they were commended for, was perfection. They were commended for their faith. The ancients weren't faultless. They were faith-filled. They were faith-filled. They were regarded for their faith, not their faults. And so, family, friends, if there's moments in your life where you feel like, ah, my faults just outweigh my faith, well, the Lord has an answer to that. And that's Jesus, his son, who he sent to bring grace and mercy and forgiveness to our faults so that in faith we can run the race of perseverance. Amen? So let's talk about running with perseverance, and I'll finish with this. Run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. There's a timeline and our lives here on this earth. And we experience that now in this moment, more so than ever before with the sickle family. And I think of the run that Mike did, and I want to honor him and commend him. I want to commend Mr. Pickles as a great man of faith. 
a, a few short weeks, I was able to get to know him, to spend some time with him. And I am incredibly grateful for those moments with him. And the stories and the testimonies that you guys have shared and will continue to share is very much like this, of a man of faith, a faith in a faithful God. And you could see it in his life lived out. So God bless you in this new season of your life, Diane and Kaya and your family. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. But we all have a, a, a race, an end time to this race, a timeline for this earth. We are to run with perseverance because our faith is going to be tested. Your faith will be tested. You will need to prove it genuine. It will be refined by fire. It will be tested to see if it is true and genuine. And so our series, yes, the title has been called Faith Is, but my question to you to finish off for this summer is not faith is, but the question is, is faith what you will be commended for? Is faith what you will be commended for? In this race of endurance, in this race of perseverance, when it is all said and done or along the journey of the way, is faith what you will be commended for? That humble confidence in a holy God. I'm going to invite the team to come on up. We currently live in a society today that isn't just, how can I say this, isn't just disinterested in the Christian faith. They're disillusioned to the Christian faith. And many despise the Christian faith. And so we're going to be tested. You have been tested. You are being tested. The race that is marked out for us is full of trials. <laughs> it's full of them. Right? The, the, traversing ahead is, is going to be difficult individually and communally within the church. It won't be easy. But we see the examples of these faith, faith giants. It wasn't easy. Oh, my goodness, it wasn't easy for them. And yet they were faithful. They ran with perseverance. And so the way to succeed, we, we have the benefit in which these faith giants didn't in their moments. Yes, the Lord was with them. Yes, the Spirit led them. But we have the promise of Jesus to hold on to in any season of difficulty or trial. And the author gives us the answer. Like, how do we do this? How do we run with perseverance? How do we, like, push off the ways of this world and the sin that so easily entangles us? How do we do it? The author gives us the answer. By fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, Jesus. As we gaze upon him, as we fix our eyes upon him in every situation, oh Lord, my family is struggling in this moment. I'm going to gaze to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need your peace and wisdom and discernment. Oh, work right now is really difficult. Jesus, I'm going to keep my eyes upon you. Finances are a strain. Jesus, I'm going to fix my eyes upon you. My health is in need. Jesus, I'm going to fix my eyes upon you. No matter how difficult your terrain is, as we fix our eyes upon Jesus, he will lead us through that terrain. 
It's not a promise that the terrain is going to be smooth and simple, but it's a promise that you're going to have the strength to work through the terrain of your life. Amen? Would you stand with me? The author of life, the creator of creation, the only true God, the one true Messiah, Jesus Christ, the one who gives our faith, the one who grows our faith, he is the one in whom we fix our gaze on him. Amen? He will equip you with everything you need. Everything you need. Everything good for doing his will. Everything you need to be faithful, to please him, he will equip you. He has given you through the promise of his Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, what hope we have in you. What hope we have in your promises. The faith that we have is not just our own that we muster up. Lord, it is fixed upon you as the pioneer and the perfecter of it. You're the one who gifted and gave it to us, and you're the one who grows it in us. And so we gaze upon you. Jesus, in the times in which that we have fallen short, we have made poor decisions. We have said half-truths and lies and similar to that of the stories we've read over the last few months. Uh, Lord, we ask for your grace and mercy. We repent and we draw towards you and, and call out to you a God who hears the cries of his children. And Jesus, would you increase our faith? Would you grow our faith? Would you mature our faith? And would you give us the strength needed in moments of weakness that we have in a world and society that is disillusioned to the Christian faith? May we live it out in a way that is so pleasing to you that others would taste and see how good you are. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, or download our mobile app for more content. If you're in the area, we hope to see you soon. Until next time, may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you as you live by His Spirit.